Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Now, with me, you'll have to forgive me, friends, those who are listening out there. I'm very excited right now because I get to welcome onto the show, through the phone, someone named Greg Kokel. You may or may not be familiar with him. I know he lives out on the West Coast, but he has a ministry that has done so much good for so many people. Greg Kokel is an apologist. He runs a ministry title, Stand to Reason, and I basically grew up listening to Greg. He has a podcast, uh, has a YouTube channel, just lots of content that comes out that encourages and strengthens believers in their faith, and so I was able to uh, talk with him and get an interview with him about his new book, Street Smarts. It's been out for a little bit at this point, talking about some apologetics. So anyways, I'm just excited I get to welcome him onto the show. Greg, how are you doing tonight? Well, Nate, I'm really flattered. Thank you for that sweet introduction, and I'm glad to talk with you today. Absolutely. Now, Greg, tell us a little bit about yourself and Stand to Reason, if that's all right. Yeah, we're actually in our 30th year this year, so we're pretty jazzed to have 30 years behind us. God been working through our enterprise. But 30 years ago, we started Stand to Reason because uh, it just seemed like in the culture where Christians were engaging with non-Christians, um, a lot of times they did it in a very shrill way, you know, yes. a lot of uh, a lot of just harsh interactions, and uh, also they were kind of shallow. Okay, my conviction was that Christianity is worth thinking about if it's properly understood and it's properly articulated. Okay, and this was a difficulty that I saw with a lot of Christians. They they understood some ver some basic things, but they didn't get the big picture. And so, therefore, they weren't able to deal with a lot of challenges that were growing in the culture. Mm. Of course, you guys know now we got massive number of challenges that are that are against us and much more difficult than they ever were to address. And and uh, so we didn't know how to do that. And also, when we did, you know, it was it looked like more more like D Day than di- diplomacy. You know. <laughs> yes. So the goal of Standard Reason has been to build ambassadors for Christ who could engage in a thoughtful, a winsome, and attractive fashion, but still make a difference. Mm, absolutely. So, you, and that's what Stand to Reason does. Y'all do a lot of good training. I know you have conferences. In fact, my co-host, right. Greg Davis, uh, remembers back in the day, y'all had a conference in Birmingham. And uh, Yes, we did. I, I don't know. Do you remember the church it was at? There was Briarwood, there's Shades Mountain. I don't know if any of that sounds I, I familiar. Think it was Briar, I think it was Briarwood. That name's familiar. I can picture it in my mind's eye. It was a big, elegant-looking church. We've actually moved that conference now to Augusta, Georgia, so you still have one there in the south, and we call it Reality Student Apologetics Conferences. It's really geared for... Um, middle schoolers and high schoolers, although we let the, fo- the, the folks come, the parents come, and the youth leaders, you know, because they drive the cars, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, uh, we just finished one uh, a couple of, a month or so ago in, uh, in Southern California. We sold out with about 2,500 students there. Wow. We had 1,500 students in Seattle. That was a sellout. We're looking for a sellout and then three more weeks in Minneapolis, and that should be close to 4,000 students. So these things are really going top-notch. The one in Augusta is February, March, April, in April of next year. So people can go to Student Apologetics uh, 
make it realityapologetics.com to get the information of somebody in kind of your broad neck of the woods wants to go to those conferences. But they're magnificent. They're just, you know, they're magnificent. What can I say? So my Absolutely. team does all the heavy lifting. I don't, but they've been great. <laughs> Absolutely. Following your leadership. Now, if you're listening out there and you're involved in any way, your church or your youth group, definitely be looking out for these youth conferences you can be a part of. Uh, Greg, if I remember correctly at this point y'all have a conference just about in each part of the country don't you yeah well we've tried to box the compass somewhat we can only do six a year yeah and so we have southern california seattle minneapolis and then we have philadelphia which is as far north as we could get and still find christians (laughs) and (laughs) and then we have uh, augusta but we also have one in dallas as well so the dallas one is going to be in february so there's like you know we go around we don't have anything dead center but people travel from average of about 15 states to come to these conferences they're so they're so much fun so that's available to people if they want to participate absolutely so make sure to check that out and so now we're going to turn to greg kokel's book so even though today's conversation is about street smarts and we'll tell you about that book and what's inside Really, if you're listening out there, I would get two books together. Uh, Greg has a book called Tactics, and then he came out with a book called Street Smarts, and Tactics lays the foundation for Street Smarts. And so before we get to the second book, let's talk a little bit about Tactics, and, and, and why did you write the book, and what does it do? Well, the subtitle of that book is A Game Plan for discussing your Christian convictions. And so in that book, I have um, I have a, a three-point game plan that is the core tactic, and then I have a whole bunch of other maneuvers that have odd names like taking the roof off and just the facts, ma'am, and what a friend we have in Jesus, and yes. uh, Road Scholar. These are all maneuvers that you could use in conversation that will be helpful. But the game plan is the core of both books, actually, and it's uh, repeated in the Street Smarts book. So it, Street Smarts is a standalone book, but I agree with you, Nate. I think if they get tactics first and then Street Smarts, it will help them the most. And the key here to the tactical game plan, and there are only three steps to it, and they're, they're very simple. And the first two are, like, effortless, but very powerful, because the entire game plan trades on using questions, not on making statements. Using questions, not on making statements. And um, we're using questions to gather information about a person's view. We're using questions to find out the reasons for their view. And then in the third step, we're actually using questions to make a point. So that's the one where we we actually go on the offensive in a certain sense, but not in an offensive way. Uh, we, we, we are going to use questions in a very specific way once we realize that there's a flaw or a weakness in their point of view. And that's the, the, the full emphasis of street smarts. It's that third step of the game plan on steroids, so to speak. Mm. But the first two steps are really critical. Because um, a lot of people, and you you know this, Nate, a lot of folks don't want to get in play because yes. Christians, 
because, uh, you know, the street, the spiritual street, so to speak, is dangerous. And uh, the street is wherever you feel vulnerable, and there's a lot of vulnerability today with the challenges people face. So they just sit on the bench. Well, I want them to get out in the street in a safe way. And the fact is that questions keep you safe. If you're asking questions, you're not making statements. If you're asking questions, you're drawing the other person out. You're getting more clarity on their viewpoint. Uh, So somebody says, well, I'm an atheist. And I say, really, what what kind of atheist are you? Or what kind of God don't you believe in? Because there's variations in this, all right? So I'm just asking some form of the question, what do you mean by that? That's a basic first step. Um, When they say, well, the Bible's been changed, I say, really, what do you mean it's been changed? How do you think it's been changed? I want them to go on and explain that to me. Um, If they say, well, what about the problem of evil? I say, what about it? Well, that's a problem for you, isn't it? Well, what's the problem? So I keep throwing the ball back in their court, not to be coy, but to force them to flesh out their objection with some detail. And I've found just doing that step, by the way, everybody listening knows that's not hard. That's easy. Tell me what you mean. We are not committed to defeating the challenge. We're not committed to winning that person to Christ. We're not worrying about that now. We are just gathering some information. And once they give us some basic information about what they believe, now we want to know why they believe it. And that's the second step. And so we're going to use some form of the question, okay, um, why do you believe that? It's true. Or how did you come to that conclusion? Or what, what are your reasons for saying that? You say God doesn't exist. Now you're an atheist. I got an idea what you mean by that. Okay, thanks for that. But why? Why don't you think there's a God? Uh, now I don't know what they're going to say. Uh, my next steps are going to depend on their responses. So notice that in this way of approaching things, Nate, we are, we are actually following a plan that, uh, in a certain sense, that Paul describes in Colossians 4, verse 5 and 6. He says, uh, he says, conduct yourself with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Okay, be smart. Then he says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned, as it were, with salt. Okay, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then he, he ends with, and so that you know how to respond to each person. In other words, be smart, be nice, but be tactical treat people as individuals. And these first two steps of our game plan do, do that. They, they are drawing another person out in, a, in an honestly uh, inquisitive way. You want to know what they think. You want to know what they believe. <clears throat> and by the way, some Christians might be thinking, well, that's really counterintuitive. Why should I allow them to complain more <laughs> about <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with my view? But uh, here's the deal. If our view is true, and they're countering it, that means their view is false. And if their view is false, there's going to be holes in it. And the more they talk, the more likely those flaws are going to be obvious, and then you'll be able to take advantage of those flaws. And that's a big part of what I do in the Street Smarts book, is we look at all those flaws and we see how you can use questions to take advantage of those flaws. But 
notice the first two steps, and this is what I really want to focus on in this, this moment. In the first two steps, you're gathering information about their view. You're gathering information about why they believe their view is true. Okay? The Christian at this point is, uh, you know, is ankle deep in the pool, right? They're, they're yes. in shallow end of the pool. They're in safe, a safe circumstance. There's no vulnerability to them at all. They don't have to defend anything. They don't even have to go any further than that. In mm. fact, for a lot of people who are just practicing with the tactical game plan, I tell them, just start using the first two questions. What do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? Mm. Get clarity on their view and clarity on their reasons for their view, and then consider it a learning experience. Now, um, I think the value of that, of course, is that they're going to get an education about other people's views, but they're going to get something else, too. They're going to realize these people aren't as scary as they thought, Yes. and these people are not as smart as they thought when they start explaining the reasons for their view, okay? But, but there's, a, there's, there's something else that's going to take place, and I know it's going to take place because it's happened so many times in, in my life, and I give a number of examples in the Street Smarts book about how just these first two steps made a difference in people's lives. When people are forced to clarify their false view and the reasons for their false view, oftentimes that all by itself is enough to get them thinking about maybe their view isn't as good as they thought it was. Yes. Now, I have a term for that that you're familiar with, Nate, because you're familiar with the tactics material. I call that putting a stone in their shoe. Right? Yes. Remember yes. that phrase? I, I use yeah, that so. when I teach Bible studies, Yes. Yeah, so we want to get them thinking. We want, in a certain sense, we want to annoy them in a good way. In fact, <laughs> yeah. I was speaking at University of Kentucky about a month ago, and I said that to them. I said, I just want to annoy you a little bit here. I don't want to convert you. I just want to annoy you in a good way, you know, get you thinking. And if I can do that, if I can put a stone in their shoe, if I get them thinking, that's, that's all I'm concerned about. I'm not going to have an altar call. I'm not going to try to lead that person to Christ. I'm not going to worry about the harvest, okay? And the reason I'm not going to worry about the harvest is I'm confident that God will take care of the harvest if Christians do, we'll just call it the gardening, okay? Yes. Uh, if we do the gardening, there's a big emphasis on these, in these books, especially a whole chapter in Street Smarts on gardening. The idea that we do a little here, a little there. Just like Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, God caused the increase. So God is the one who causes the increase. He's the Lord of the harvest. We are the gardeners. And if we get gardening tools, we don't, in my view, we don't have to worry about closing the deal. That, honest to goodness, it takes care of itself, okay? What we have to worry about is gardening well. And the tactics book and the street smarts book give you gardening tools. And that's what's going to help move people forward. Absolutely. For those of you just joining in, I am talking to Greg Kokel, president of Stand to Reason, about his book, Street Smarts. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into the book and talk about 
a couple specific issues. How do we apply the tactics game plan? What does it look like on specific topics that we might come across day to day in everyday conversations? This is WXJC Radio Priority Talk. We'll be right back. This is Nate Williams continuing our conversation with Greg Kokel, uh, president of Stand to Reason, an apologetics organization. He does incredible work over there, West Coast, but also all across the country. He does so much in this area. So we're just going to continue our conversation talking about his new book, Street Smarts, and just some of the content there. We're going to dive in. So, Greg, let's uh, let's keep on going with what we we're talking about before okay. the break, and let's apply it specifically to atheism. We'll take the topic of atheism, oh. and some maybe okay. an atheist will say that there's no evidence for the existence of God or something along those lines. What what would you do right. with that? Okay, that's a great illustration or an example. And uh, remember, the goal of Street Smarts now is now that we've gathered information about their view, and that's the first two steps the reason, what their view is and the reasons for it. Now what we're going to do is we're going to use questions to make a point. And in this case, we're going to answer the challenge. There's no evidence for God. But we're using questions to do it. So here's the way that would look if I were in a conversation with an atheist. In fact, this was a conversation I had with an atheist at the University of Toronto where I gave a talk, and he came up to the microphone and, and, and raised this issue. And I said, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? And he says, no, go ahead. And it's always good, by the way, to ask permission, okay? You'll yes. always get it, but it's just a nice way to start. I said, these are simple questions, pretty easy, but um, we'll just get, get, get us rolling here, okay? So here's the first question. Do you think that things exist? And he shuffled around for a moment, and he said, yeah, this microphone exists. Okay, great. I, okay, I can work with that. I agree with you. That microphone exists. I said, okay, here's the second question. The things that exist, whatever they are, have they always existed? And he said, no, it all came into existence at the Big Bang. Okay, now I know some Christians are uncomfortable with Big Bang, but I don't worry about that, because here's the key thing. The key thing is that both of us, Christians and non-Christians, believe that the universe had a beginning. That's yes. all we're getting at here, okay? So forget about the timing. It's not relevant to this particular point. Let's roll with it, okay? Yeah, it all came in the beginning. In other words, there was when, I might say to him, there was when, there was nothing, and then there was something. Yeah, Big Bang. Right. Okay, got it. I, I agree. The universe came into existence. We're on the same page so far. Here's the last question, and this is the important one. What caused the universe to come into existence? And then I say, by the way, you only have two choices, either something or nothing. <laughs> yes. So pretty easy, all right? Now, of course, they don't want to say something. Because that means something outside of the material universe. That means something really smart, really powerful, probably a person to get things going. And, and that's too much like the God word, right? They don't yes. want to go there. But what's their only other alternative? Their only other alternative is to say that nothing caused everything with no purpose and for no reason. Oh, boy. Okay, now... I'm not trying to—you see the point right away, Nate, so does everybody else. I'm not trying to prove God. I'm just asking which of the only two options to the event that we both agree on, the beginning of the universe, which of those only two options makes the most sense. Now, if you want to go with nothing, you're welcome to that, but it's not 
the odds-on favorite. In fact, it's worse than magic. In magic, <laughs> you have a magician pulling a rabbit out of a hat, yes. right? But now you got no magician, and you got no hat. You just got the rabbit popping, you know, the universe popping into existence. Now, um, no, I'm just going to leave that there. I'm not going to push it further. I want him to think about that. That's a huge weakness in the atheist view, all right? And I want them to see that the Christian explanation is the better explanation. That's all I'm after in this particular case. But I want you to notice something else, Nate, and I don't want your listeners to miss this. I could have answered his question by saying, well, there's plenty of evidence for God. For one, the origin of the universe. See, the universe exists, and the universe came into being sometime in the past, and there's only one good explanation to do that. God had to create the universe. Okay, I could have done that. That's my argument, right? Yeah. But notice, if I were to start placing these particular things on the table, as I just described, then he, every time I do it, there's an opportunity for that person to object. Oh, no, maybe we're just butterflies dreaming, and the world isn't anything like we think it is. <laughs> oh, maybe the universe is eternal, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, pretty, so now I'm getting nowhere. So instead, and here's the move. This is the street smarts move. Instead, I used simple questions that, that resulted in common sense answers that he put the pieces on the table, not me. Ah, yeah. If he put the pieces on the table, he's not going to take them off the table. He put them there. Yes. And they're common sense response. It responses. So I have enlisted my challenger in an as an ally on my side of the conversation to make my point. He doesn't realize it until I get to the final question, which might be like a mic drop moment which is not meant to embarrass him, but it is to get him thinking. He's, he's not going to realize that until that moment. But there it is. All of a sudden, he's stuck with it. And it's a fair way of working, and it's really easy. By the way, all of the issues in the Street Smarts books have dialogues that will help you to do that very thing. All the questions and the kinds of responses for all the different issues is all right there to help the Christian. So there's an example of Street Smarts in action. Absolutely. Absolutely with atheism and street smarts down to earth, easy to understand. It's a great book. Now, we'll cover one more topic. And I know in our okay. culture, LGB, all that stuff, people are wondering about gay marriage and homosexuality and topics like that. What do you do when people say uh, that they'll go to Jesus and they'll say Jesus never said anything about homosexuality? What, how do you handle that okay now I, I explain this in the book what the weakness of that view is but in you'll see this in just a moment well uh, so I'll just role play the questions and it'll be very obvious when a person makes this point Jesus never said anything about homosexuality my simple response is initially very easy so what so, so what, what? <laughs> now that's just another way of saying what do you mean by that what's the significance of that well, if Jesus never said anything about homosexuality, then, then, then Christians shouldn't say anything about homosexuality. Well, wait a minute, are you, are you saying that if Jesus did not say anything against it, then that means he wasn't objecting to it? Now, I'm asking a specific clarification question. This is also a what do you mean by that, but this one's really important, because that's really what they're trading on. If he didn't say anything against it, he must be for it. And they say, yeah. He didn't complain about it. He was on our side, not your side. Okay. Well, then Jesus must have been in favor of racism and slavery then, too. Oh. That's my statement. Okay. What? 
Mm. Yeah, well, he never said anything about racism or slavery. Do you think Jesus was in favor of racism and slavery? No, of course not. I don't think that. But he never said anything about those things. And on your view, he must be in favor of that. Yes. Well, he could have been in favor of that. I said, okay, then Jesus' silence on an issue doesn't mean that he's in favor of it, does it? And they're going to have to say yes, or else they're going to have to say Jesus is a racist and, a, and, a, and in favor of slavery. So what I've done is used their rule against them to show that their rule is not a good rule. Okay, yeah. If you read the tactics book, that particular maneuver is called taking the roof off. But nevertheless, you can see how that works. So what? Oh, now we've got a conversation, a couple of questions. Now the other person is left with nothing, nothing yes. at all, because their point is not a fair point with regards to the text. Now there's more that could be said about that, but I think that'll give an idea of how to respond. So what? Does that mean Jesus was in favor of it? Sure. Well, then he must have been in favor of racism and slavery. Huh? Well, he never spoke about that either. See how simple that is, Nate? Yes. That is simple. And once you have it in your mind, when you confront that challenge, you are not going to be shaken by it at all, because you'll have street smarts with regards to that issue. Yes, uh, friends, this is Greg Kokel of Stand to Reason. In the book Street Smarts, uh, Greg covers a lot of topics. There's abortion and uh, sexuality. There's the Bible and Jesus and the problem of evil, atheism, uh, existence of God. So make sure to check out this book. So, Greg, uh, just uh, tell us again, uh, for those who just joined us, tell us a little bit about Stand to Reason and where they can find street smarts to get it. Right. Stand to Reason is the organization I, I work for, and and the goal of Stand to Reason is to help your listeners to be able to stand and reason in favor of the truth in all of its forms uh, that is represented by the Christian worldview in an increasingly hostile culture, and do it in a nice way and an effective way. And that's why I wrote Tactics, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions, and that's why I wrote Street Smarts, Using Questions to Answer Christianity's Toughest Challenges. Both can be found at our website, str.org, stand to reason, str.org, or the easiest way you get it on your doorstep tomorrow is just go to Amazon for Street Smarts or Tactics. If they use my name to find it, K-O-U-K-L, it'll be faster, because if you, you just type in tactics, you're going to get military stuff. You find, <laughs> if, you, if you type in street smart, you'll, you'll find, you know, self-defense kung fu stuff. So you'll find it eventually, but my, my last name is the best way to go, K-O-U-K-L. Absolutely. So that is Greg Kokel, president of Stand to Reason. Go to Amazon, go to str.org, subscribe to their YouTube channel, social media, all that stuff. Greg, it's been a joy to have you on the show. Uh, Thank you for doing this. You're so welcome, Nate, anytime. Absolutely. Friends, uh, Priority Talk is on Mondays through Fridays from 5 to 7. Check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. We also have a podcast. If you've missed a lot of this conversation, check out our podcast episodes. It's on all the major carriers.